You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, Happy day after Boxing Day. Is that a thing? Uh, (laughs) That's where we're at. It's December 27th, believe it or not. Hoping uh, that you all had a wonderful holiday weekend and a tremendously fun Boxing Day, whether you spent it uh, watching hockey or returning gifts or uh, maybe opening some new gifts. Who knows? Uh, I, for one, uh, had a very relaxing day, kicking my feet up, reading a good book and watching a lot of hockey and uh, taking a walk with my husband. So it was uh, it was a perfect day and uh, a really wonderful weekend. And uh, it's hard to believe. It, I mean, you blink and it just goes, goes by so quickly. Um, but we're back at it. We're back to work here on, on Tuesday and uh, shaking off the fog of all the delicious food <laughs> that's been consumed over the last few days and uh, getting ready uh, for the lead up to New Year's now. And, and the NHL Christmas break is officially over, the AHL Christmas break officially over. And so everyone is back at it this morning and we're going to get you all caught up on the latest with the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket uh, before Rick Stevens and Patrick Williams join me in the second segment for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, don't forget, of course, you can follow uh, us on Twitter at the AHL Report or at the Press Zone. Uh, and of course, if you haven't done so already, be sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode of the Press Zone. Uh, last week was actually a shorter week than it was supposed to be for Laval. They were slated to have two games last week, as we mentioned on on our last episode. Uh, they played in Syracuse on Wednesday night, uh, and then were coming home to kick off a bit of a, a small homestand uh, on Friday, the 23rd, uh, where they would be hosting the Wilkes-Barre's Grand Penguins. We will start with... Uh, the Wednesday game in Syracuse after coming off of a, a tremendous win uh, the past Sunday in Cleveland that we talked about in detail last week. Uh, they went to Syracuse. This was the first time, December 21st, and it was the first time that Laval was playing Syracuse, their division rival, all season long. Uh, so you know what that means. They're going to see a lot of Syracuse 
coming up here because they they play Syracuse quite often throughout the year. Uh, in fact, uh, they played them last week and they're going to see them again this week. Uh, but as is usually the case, uh, the Montreal Canadiens AHL affiliate always seems to have trouble beating the crunch in their building. Uh, and that proved to be the case again on Wednesday night. Syracuse coming out with that one. Uh, two to one. In fact, it was looking very much like they might get the big gold shutout on Wednesday night. Uh, but with 43 seconds left in the game, Raphael Harvey Pinard mani- managing to at least break the shutout bid uh, and get the rocket on the board. But it just was too little, too late, and uh, and they did fall to that one. So they came home, uh, and then as we all know, there were cancellations of. Uh, transportation, flights, games in the NHL, you know it as well as AHL games because of that massive storm that came uh, sweeping across um, southern Canada and 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 basically the the, the northern Midwest and and northeast uh, of the United States last week. And sure enough, Laval's home game against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins on Friday night fell victim to that as well. Uh, officially postponed. Uh, they have not yet announced a makeup date for that. Uh, and so the Laval Rocket got an early Christmas gift in that they got an extra day off uh, for the holidays. So they started their holiday uh, break on the 22nd instead of having to wait until after the game uh, Friday night on the 23rd. Um with all of that, things have not shuffled around very much for them in the standings. They are still in last place in the North Division. They are still uh, hovering at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Um, and it's not going to get easier for them. They do host the Syracuse Crunch twice this week. Uh, Friday night, uh, excuse me, Wednesday night at 7 and Friday night at 7. Both are at Place Bell in Laval, the final two games of the 2022 season, uh, 2022 calendar year for the Laval Rocket. But again, remember, they played Syracuse last last week, uh, did not come out well from that one. Syracuse has had a pretty decent season so far after struggling a bit at the beginning of the year. Uh, but more importantly, um, Laval is, is missing some guys. Um, they had recalled Anthony Beauregard and Santino Santarame from Trois-Rivières last week. Uh, expecting that they would need to probably slot in and play on Friday night. But since that Friday night game uh, didn't happen, they've returned them to to Trois-Rivières. However, uh, remember Anthony Richard has been recalled to the Montreal Canadiens. He remains with the Canadiens on their road trip. Uh, And just this morning, none other than Justin Barron getting recalled by the Montreal Canadiens. Now, You'll recall, I believe it was even on last week's show here, and most definitely on our YouTube show, Habs Hockey Report, I I spoke at length about how Justin Barron uh, really needs, as soon as, as soon as Montreal needs a defensive call-up, that it needs to be Justin Barron, and it needs to be sooner rather than later, because he's been having a tremendous season. He's uh, tied for fourth in goals among defensemen across the AHL with seven goals. Uh, He's got uh, seven goals and nine assists in all of his games played in the AHL this season. He's been a very strong part of the back end uh, for J.F. Uhl, top pairing defenseman in the AHL. Uh, He has 
Uh, Lee, uh, he, I believe he has five, yes, leads the American Hockey League in power play goals with five. So those seven goals that he has where he's tied for fourth among AHL defensemen in goals, five of those seven have come on the power play. He leads AHL defensemen. Uh, he leads the AHL in power play goals. And so um, this is, you know, Justin Barron has, this is what you want to see for a prospect. You want to see that a prospect um, has gotten to a point in the AHL where he is dominating his position. And right now on a very poor Laval Rocket team, uh, he is dominating at his position. And he is also very much contributing uh, to uh, some of their success on the power play, and he is contributing to the the one of the few bright spots around that team. So, uh, congratulations, big congratulations to Justin Barron for his call up. Uh, I hope it ends up being a lengthy one. I really look forward to seeing how uh, what he has built for himself and his game in the AHL this season, how that transfers into the NHL. Like to see him deployed. Um, smartly, intelligently, thoughtfully, uh, right into a place in the lineup where he can be positioned to to continue to be successful um, and and carry that confidence with him. And so this is this is what we get excited about when a when a prospect is shining, gets rewarded with it, and now let's see what he can do with it. So uh, of course remember Montreal will be playing in Tampa Bay on Wednesday night in Florida against the Panthers on Thursday night and then in Washington against the Capitals on Saturday uh, late afternoon. So we'll see when Justin Barron gets into his first NHL game this season. Hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Um, but that means, again, J.F. Uhl, without the services of Anthony Richard, we know Otto Leskinen is out with an injury right now. Uh, Justin Barron now recalled. Uh, so things are getting very thin on the Laval roster, a roster that's already been struggling uh, with their performance so far this year. So it will be a tough task for J.F. Uhl and the Laval Rocket this week as they take on the Syracuse Crunch twice uh, albeit on home ice. So maybe that'll help a little bit. Um, all right. Well, uh, we are coming up in the next segment. Uh, both Rick Stevens and Patrick Williams are going to be here with me in the studio uh, for the AHL Hot Stove. And that's where we're going to talk a bit about the World Juniors, uh, not only the Montreal Canadiens prospects from the World Juniors and how they performed in their first outing uh, on Boxing Day, but also just uh, the impact of AHL players in general on this year's World Juniors tournament. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. It's it's the it's the most wonderful time of the hockey year, uh, World Juniors tournament time, and you're not going to want to miss a minute of it. Uh, stay with us. We've got a quick message from our sponsors over at DraftKings, and then we'll be back with the AHL Hot Stove. So stay with us. You're listening to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN 
bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio at the AHL Report, ahlreport.com, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, also the lead correspondent at ahlreport.com. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, please be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Lots of great talk here about Habs prospects, uh, mostly in the AHL, but other uh, in other places as well. And in fact, we're about to do that, uh, talking about some Habs prospects in the World Juniors Tournament right now on the AHL Hot Stove. So that means, of course, if we're going to start talking about some World Juniors types of things, then that means it's time for me to officially open the studio door and in enters Rick Stevens and Patrick Williams. Wow. The, the Angels are back. The Angels, they've had a, they're, they're probably tired. It's Christmas season, so they're probably a little tired. But, uh, but they're back, and Rick Stevens is back, and Patrick Williams is back. Welcome, fellas. Great to see you. Merry Christmas. Glad to be here. Thank you. Merry Christmas to all. Yes. To both of you as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a whirlwind weekend, but uh, back at it uh, here on on Tuesday. Um, you know, World Juniors and happening and all that kind of stuff. Um, so lots to before we get to the World Junior stuff. However, I, I talked about this in the first segment, but just wanted to give uh, you two a chance to. Um, chime in on this as well. Uh, in my opinion, a, a very deserving NHL recall for defenseman Justin Barron uh, heading up to up to Montreal. Um, and you know it's it's a it's a great chance for him to get to build on what he has done in kind of, you know, he had a the first five or six games of the season maybe were a little shaky for him as he got his footing uh, down in the AHL, but he's kind of, once, once he turned his game on, he, he's never looked back. Um, Rick, I'll start with you. What are you, what, what's, what are your thoughts on Justin Barron and him getting a recall to the Montreal Canadiens finally? Well, I think it's, it's positive for the Canadians. It's positive for, for Justin Barron. And you mentioned that, that, uh, had a slow start maybe in the AHL and that's probably, um, you know, part of part of that is disappointment. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's fair to say that that he had the expectation that he might be staying with the Canadians. There was there was opportunities, particularly given that he plays the right side, and and uh, there's not many of those um, uh, for for the Canadians. But also because you know, going into the season, you had um, Arbor Jacki zero uh, NHL games played. Uh, Caden Gooley has zero NHL games played, and and uh, even Kovac Sevic, um, four or five NHL games played. Um, you know, uh, Jordan Harris just short of a dozen NHL games played. So, 
Um, Barron had a bit of experience, five games in the NHL, and I think he he kind of expected that he would get a spot sent down to Laval. That had to be a disappointment for him. Uh, but I think, you know, after after a few days, a week or so, he accepted it and um, understood what he needed to do to get back to the NHL. And I, I think he's been very successful in proving to the the, uh, the management that he deserves an opportunity. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I agree with that as well. I and I and I think that he has shown. You know, he's he's been kind of a, a quiet success in Laval this season, particularly on the power play. Uh, I mentioned this in the, in the first segment that, you know, he's he's tied for fourth place in goals scored in the entire AHL for defensemen with seven goals. Five of those have come on the power play. So um, that's, you know, for for a Canadians team that's struggling on the power play, I'd love to see him get an opportunity on the man advantage. We'll see if that's if that's going to happen at all this week. But, but Patrick speaking in terms of, of just that statistic, you know, that he's, he's got some uh, leaderboard statistics in terms of uh, goals for defensemen and, and power play goals in general for the league. Uh, what an impact that a player like Justin Barron can have. Yeah. He's, you know, he's been one of the bright spots in Laval and that's, you know, maybe damning with faint praise, I guess, but, you know, like, I legitimately mean it. Like he's a, he's been a great spot by any measure. Um, and, you know, the thing I noticed with him is just a, he seems like he's on the ice all the time and that's always a good sign for a young defenseman, but you know, he's, he's, he's active. He's not, he's not just out there. Um, and, you know, I think that's even backed up by the stats that, you know, he has a shot in all but one game this season. So 24 out of 25 games, he's registered at least one shot. Um, so I really, really like that he's willing to use that shot. Um, it's, I think one of his, it's one of his best assets. Um, and you know, it, it, I think it also reflects a certain level of confidence that, you know, he's at ease now, right? Like that first year for a defenseman last year, you know, he's in Colorado, which was a really good s- situation for him, uh, with the Eagles. But, uh, you know, he has that, you know, that late season trade for like an in and, so, you know, you, you just sort of have a lot of upheaval for, for a first-year player. Now you, you can see him, he's settled in, um, you know, and he's, he's I think he's really found his, his groove in the AHL. Um, so I think this is a good time now for a call-up. It's almost like a, you're, you're checking in with him, right? Mm-hmm. right where, where does he exactly stand? Uh, where Where is his game at? Um, and it's a, it's a chance to kind of take the temperature of, of his game right now. Uh, so you given this little sample and we'll see where it goes but um i think it's pretty encouraging like you know i mean and there there's a lot riding on him right i mean that was that was this you know a fairly significant piece to lose in in that deadline deal last year um mm-hmm. so you really needed to to get a good return and uh i think so far um the early uh, the early results are encouraging um that uh, the habs I don't know that they're necessarily going to come out ahead on that deal, but at least that uh, they can come out close to even. Uh, I, you know, and, you know, I, I, you know, when they they made that deal, like that was a tough. You know, he's a tough piece to lose, like an in. But um, you know, I think the fact that you did get a real good, high quality, very promising young defenseman, um, the Habs did really well. You know, jury jury still you know remains to be seen, but. Um, so far, so good, I guess. You know, I always sort of, you know, I'll put that in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in ink with, with any sort of young defenseman. But 
Um, I'm encouraged, and, you know, especially like he had that, that, you know, that late season injury last year. Uh, so he had some things working against him, you know, as a first year player. Um, so for him, like, you're, like Rick said, you know, he had that little bit of that, that dip after being sent down, coming out of training camp. But, uh, I think to his credit, he, he got back, you know, got back on track and, you know, kind of shook the cobwebs and got, got his head on straight. And now he's, he's really become a, a pretty dominant defenseman. You know, the, the analytics are out there as well. That's, you know, he's really, you know, top five, top 10, you know, in the league among young blue liners. And that's, I think for a second year player, I think you have to be very encouraged by that. Well, and just to follow that up, um, this isn't a, uh, a player that Colorado wanted to depart with, uh, no. wanted to part with, um, um, both uh, Joe Joe Sackick said, you know, it it was the he that Barron was the stumbling block, and Hughes has said this yeah. too that Canadians were high on Barron and and wanted him included uh, in the deal, and the deal didn't go down until uh, fifteen minutes or so before the deadline, and it was because uh, Sackick didn't um, want to see Barron go, and the Canadians were uh, insistent on him. So. Let's see what he can do now uh, with his first recall this season to the NHL. We wish him luck for sure. Um, also wishing lots of luck to all of the Habs prospects. The Habs have have a pretty decent sprinkling of prospects throughout the World Junior uh, Tournament this year. Uh, players at on a number of different teams. Um, and Rick, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start with you again on this one. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're day in. We had the Boxing Day uh, quadruple header. Uh, there's four more games taking place today. Uh, Finland, of course, has already played today. Um, and and of, the, of the Habs prospects, uh, there, were, there, were some, there were some highs and lows. And there was, we, we should mention that Vincenzo Rohrer didn't play uh, yesterday. He came up with an illness uh yesterday so he didn't play but of the guys who did play in the last 24 hours um had some had some a couple of good showings well i think what's important is um that that these aren't just prospects at the world juniors uh each of the six players plays a key role as an impact kind of player for their country yeah um you know joshua wah is is technically on a checking line but expected to uh, well, we know uh, offense is is his forte, so um, he'll be expected to contribute secondary scoring. Uh, Lane Hudson on the top pairing for the United States. Adam Ingstrom, uh, top pairing uh, defense for Sweden. Um, Philippe Machar, one of the best players for Slovakia. He had a good third period, I thought, uh, today. Had some some chances against Finland. Unfortunately, Vincent's Rory is is Austria's best player, but unfortunately, as you said, ill. And uh, Oliver Kapp, Kappen was player of the game for Finland today. Great goal, mm-hmm. uh, driving to the net, and and a bit of a wraparound. So uh, all these players, um, just enjoy watching them at, at the World Juniors because they're all going to be uh, noticeable. So, Patrick, um, you know, Habs fans, of course, are going to be watching... Habs prospects in general, but really AHL fans have plenty to pay attention to in this year's World Junior Tournament as well, correct? Yeah, it's uh, you know kind of a reflection of um, increasing number of the young 18, 19 year old uh, first round picks, high high level picks that are now um, 
more commonplace in the AHL in the last few years. And, you know, mm-hmm. you look at like a David Jerichek, um with uh, the Czech side and um, he's been fantastic this year in Cleveland. So this is, I think, a good opportunity for him to, you know, he's certainly take on a heavy role with Cleveland, but now he's even more of the man, right? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at him, you look at uh, Shimon Nemec, uh, who played 26 minutes today for Slovakia. They <laughs> lost to Finland, but I mean, you know, an 18-year-old taking on the AHL as a defenseman, second overall pick by New Jersey, um, had a had a pretty all all things considered good start, um, you know, with Utica. But uh, this is a chance now to uh, be that much more of a of a focal point on a roster. You know, he's the captain, and sort of all the pressure that comes with that. Uh, so yeah, Sweden has uh, Isaac uh, Rosine and uh, Fabian Lizell from from Providence. So. It's a real good uh, crop this year. Um, you know, uh, just a lot of those first-round picks, like I said, that, you know, now that you see more of those players that are uh, from Europe uh, taken high in the draft that are opting to play in the HL before they turn 20, it's uh, it's, it's, it's the HL is becoming a bigger factor in the World Junior Championship. And I think it's, a, it's just a good barometer. Um, you're two months into the uh, regular season. It's a chance to, a lot like with Barron, just, all right, let's put these players into a different situation, see how they adapt to that. And uh, I think so far, you know, based on everyone I've seen so far, uh, pretty encouraging all in all. And is it, you know, we know that the AHL is a development league. Is it, you know, I imagine anyone who gets the call to to be invited to play for their country in the world juniors. Um, you know, I'm sure coaches and, and players and families are grateful for that opportunity, but it's kind of a fine edged, uh, you know, kind of a, a fine line to walk with, with losing those guys for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. from a, from a team like Utica or a team like the Cleveland monsters guys, uh, you know, teams that are really, um, you know, kind of jostling to maintain their, their spot in the standings. Yeah, it's a huge loss. I mean, uh, you look at Lizelle for Providence, he's been maybe best, if not maybe second best, maybe at worst forward uh, on that team. So it's a they, they have two big games uh, this week against Hershey. They're uh, four points out of uh, the league lead. So, yeah, you take a piece like that out of the lineup. That's certainly a tough challenge. Uh, you know, I know they the Providence struggled last week uh, down in Charlotte uh, with Lizelle gone. So, um it's just one of those, you know, give and takes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, HL teams and coaches are certainly used to it by now in terms of, um, you know, you, you, this is the one league in the world where you tend to, on a pretty regular basis, lose your best players. Um, you know, so um, it's a challenge for sure, but it also does allow um, other players on the roster to uh, step into that void and uh, have, have a bigger opportunity than they would otherwise, so... No, I guess it's one of those things that really depends on, on how you view it. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly, yeah, anytime if you're at Cleveland and you take your jury check out of the lineup or um, anyone, right? Like any of these players are definitely, uh, for the most part, not just players on their team, but they're, they're impact players. They're key players. And they're, uh, there's a ton riding on their development and, their, and you know, their, their progression. So, um, you know, but I think teams are a little bit more comfortable now than maybe in the past with letting them go off to the tournament um, and, and, and just take a different opportunity. I talked to Ryan Mujnell, the, the head coach in Providence, and his point was just that, you know, a player like Lizelle, you know, if you project him down 
three or four or five years down the road in Boston, which is the goal, is he's going to be a dominant player, a focal point player. You know, a lot will he'll be playing high pressure situations, and so this is a good opportunity to to put him into those high pressure situations, and then when he comes back, you know, if all goes well see where that, that growth takes him in the second half of the AHL season. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a learning opportunity, and I think it's, uh, it's something that, that, for the most part, NHL teams are pretty comfortable doing now. And the big question, Rick, right now, will Canada be able to turn things around against Germany on Wednesday? Wouldn't want to be in Dennis Williams' shoes right now. He's got the pressure of the world on him. Good coach from Everett, but... Uh, Man, uh, the 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 collar's got to be getting tight uh, right about now. <laughs> that, was a, that was a rough outing yesterday for Team Canada. Yeah, very very rough outing. Outing. Um, good on the checks, making it interesting. Uh, so it'll be it'll be very fun to see how things play out the rest of this week. Um, and and that leads us up to you know New Year's Eve this weekend, New Year's Day on Sunday. We're about to usher in twenty twenty three. Uh, it's been quite a quite a year in 2022 for the AHL. Uh, you know this 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 first half of the 22-23 season has started to feel more like a typical pre-COVID AHL season for the most part. There's still some some things that remind us that that uh, the world isn't quite the same as it used to be. Uh, but but much more scheduling wise and and. Personnel-wise, much more back to normal, um, and just in general, you know, you're seeing, you are seeing. A, I think, I think more people paying attention to um, what's happening in in the AHL in terms of prospects, uh, wanting to know who guys are before they get called up to the NHL. Uh, Patrick, what's what it's, what are your thoughts on on the next year ahead, 2023, uh, in terms of the outlook for the AHL? Yeah, you make a good point that there is, it seems like there is more interest, you know, just sort of, you know, both sort of, you know, interest you're able to quantify, you know, you know, in terms of like, you know, clicks and all that, but also just, you know, sort of informal interest that I do think slowly but surely the hockey world and fans and the media are, are understanding that um, it's not quote unquote minor league hockey. I think everything. Everything that comes with that word, it can be a loaded uh, word. I think in hockey that, you know, in some ways like, you know, slap shot was maybe the worst thing that could have happened to the HL back, <laughs> back in the day because I do think that cemented a lot of people's opinions that, yeah, this is just kind of a, you know, a place where you stash old washed up players and it's not, you know, it's not really a league to be taken seriously. I think it, those of us who know, um, such as, you know, both of you and um, no. And, and in terms of the investment that teams are making, you know, NHL teams are making in their AHL operation. Um, and this past year was really a chance, uh, I think, to get back to that. You know, and I was thinking, like, you know, a year ago, we were really starting to get into the whole teeth of that resurgence um, with the pandemic. And, you know, sort of, maybe we've tried to put that, you know, out of our memory, but, you know, that January was... That was the, the month where they reinstituted the taxi squads and it was 1,500 transactions in one month to and from the AHL. So um, I feel fairly confident in saying that we won't have a repeat of that. 
Um, and that's, you know, you knock on wood, but, you know, hopefully 2023 is kind of a continuation of maybe the second half of 2022. And then sort of, I, I really looked at the, the Calder Cup playoffs last year in Laval as sort of the first sign of a turning point of things, quote unquote, getting back to normal. Um, you know, you had great crowds there. You, you really did have, for the first time in a long time, a sense that, okay, this is like normal now. The, you know, playoff hockey and, you know, just a lot of enthusiasm. And, you know, I think slowly but surely the AHL has been working back toward that. And you know, sort of maybe the next milestone for that will be the All-Star game in early February in Laval. So um, I think that will be another chance to, to um I'm going to take the temperature of things and see where the league is at right now. But, um, you know, it's been, it's been a journey now. We're, we're coming up on the three year anniversary, believe it or not, yeah. of the, of the whole COVID pandemic starting. So, um, there's been a lot of upheaval, but I do think that, yeah, slowly, maybe a lot more slowly than any of us would like, we are starting to see that progression back to that 2019 standard. And go ahead, Rick. And I think uh, just just to echo some of that, it, it you know so many of us were worried about with the 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 pandemic about the survival of some of the AHL teams, and mm-hmm. um, what we're seeing is kind of the evolution of the league. And when I look, uh, go to the AHL standings, the and and sort the thirty two team league by the the points percentage, as I often do. Um, it's it warms my heart to see in the top 10, you have the Calgary Wranglers, you have the Coachella Valley Firebirds, you have the Abbotsford Canucks, and all these new markets, uh, markets new to NHL teams who are now getting to enjoy AHL hockey, and um, that's exciting. That That's really exciting, and, and what's turned from... Uh, concern and worry has turned to hope and 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 the spread of AHL hockey and more hockey fans getting to enjoy this um, this very good high quality brand of hockey. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's uh, I think it's exciting. I think it was remarkable for for three new franchises to get things uh, started. Uh, both you know, because at Abbotsford last year. Uh, Calgary, Coachella Valley this year. Henderson is relatively new. Um, so we've really seen um, a, a whole host of new teams kind of surge onto the scene. Um, and and yes, I think it's a great point that uh, while uh, the three of us talked many times about being very right here on the show over in, in, 20 and, in 2020 and in 2021 about uh, being concerned about the viability of some of the independently owned franchises, um, and the the good news is is that you know we're we're seeing an AHL that's um, kind of come through that and and is strong and and adding new franchises uh, to make things uh, you know kind of bringing it into a more modern age. Lots of I mean the amount of new arenas this year <laughs> even um, all very exciting. Yeah, it's uh, you know this is probably the journey that's taken the better part of fifteen years the AHL right and I think back to the 2007 draft Brian Burke I remember talking to him there it was the first time he I he mentioned or there had ever been a mention of the west coast uh, for the AHL right and I remember kind of like you know 
just about you know fell over when you know he mentioned that hey you know we'd like to bring you know our affiliate out out west and I, at first I was like hey you, do you mean like the midwest no <laughs> the west coast and um slowly but surely there's been that 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 push you know the, to expand the league map bring franchises closer to their NHL parent club and with that you know the investment in new buildings i mean um there was the better part of half a billion dollars with a B of new arenas built this year for AHL clubs, which is remarkable, right? And um, it's been a long journey to, to really reconfigure the entire AHL and the entire AHL map and um, get everybody lined up where they want to be. But uh, um, they managed to do that. And a lot of that had already been put in place going into the pandemic. And, you know, that pandemic certainly was a threat to that. And, you know, how would this survive and would it be able to withstand all of these external pressures? But it looks like that stress test, uh, it's, it's turned out pretty well. And, and just to not to pat ourselves on the back or anything, we've been doing this a lot, of, a long time, our focus on the, the AHL and sometimes it felt like we were on an island or whistling in in, in a wind. Um, yes. And and um, three years ago, I was pitching AHL uh, our AHL coverage, and I was pitching to some media organization, large media organizations. If I name them, you'd know them. Um, who who um, said no thanks? Um, there's mm-hmm. zero interest in the AHL. That's right. Um, and this year, uh, all of a sudden strange things happen all of a sudden they've jumped aboard <laughs> the like ahl train and there's lots of and them, yeah. welcome come on on come on aboard we're we're happy the more the merrier but um i i think that's that's also very positive that that uh, some of the media organizations are waking up and and saying you know we got some um pretty good hockey uh in the backyard here that uh that we we need to to uh bring a focus to uh, and, and put a point of spotlight on. And, and uh, I think that's really positive. And, and it's kind of reaffirming that we were on the right track all along. I agree. Um, and there's lots of, you know, there's all three of us have said so many times, there are so many good stories to tell in the AHL. Um, and, and with prospects being such a big focus, particularly with the surge of analytics in the AHL, or excuse me, in the NHL, um, you know, it seems like as soon as guys get drafted, uh, people start kind of running the numbers and what are the statistics and analyzing the game in a in a much bigger way. And, and I think that makes people want to focus more on what the prospects are doing before they get to the NHL. And I think that's all... Um, you know, but in in addition to that, you've got kind of those journeyman AHL players who maybe only played a couple games in the AHL, or maybe they had a a longer career in the NHL, and now they're back in the AHL to kind of wrap things up in their career. There's just all sorts of the AHL is full of guys who are at all different points in their hockey career, and I think that's what makes it so um, fascinating, and with so many different types of stories to tell uh, in the AHL, which is pretty fun. And the access, right? The access is so much better. Um, yes. You know, I was able to talk to Laurent Persois, um last week, you know, and, you know, he's he's a goalie now with Henderson. He had kind of a classic situation of a guy who, you know, he had broken through to the NHL after, you know, five years in the AHL, um, 
sort of maybe Charlie Lindgren-esque in a way. Um, and then he comes down with a major hip injury. He has to go through hip surgery, two, two of them actually. Um, and just, you know, the willingness of him to, to really explain everything that goes through that, that decision to have surgery, the decision, you know, once you finally do it, and then the rehab, and the struggle of coming back, and then, you know, when he when he did come back, he goes through waivers, and just the, the whole mental battle, and I don't think you would get that from an NHL player, right? Like, the NHL is just so kind of closed up, and, you know, they're... they're they're pretty reluctant to, to let you peek behind the curtain. Whereas the HL, I mean, they you, we just get so much more access as media and um, a chance to really dive into things. I think that's uh, really one of the coolest things about this league. Absolutely. Uh, I know I want to say thank you to both of you for a great 2022. Um, it's been it's been a joy. It's always a pleasure to work with both of you. Um, the evolution of the AHL hot stove has been tremendous this year. Um, moving to a, to a weekly format here on the show. Uh, and it's just, uh, I'm grateful to, to get to work with both of you. Uh, you've got very bright hockey minds, great, uh, insight analysis and all of those other adjectives that I can't come up with (laughs) off the top of my head at at this very moment, but it's been, it's always a joy to work with both of you. I can't wait to see what 2023 is going to bring for all of us. Well, absolutely. Likewise. And, and thank you for putting these shows uh, together each week and, and uh, you're you're masterful as a host, and and we're uh, we're lucky to have you as part of Rocket Sports. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, best in the business. Well, thank you both very much. It's uh, it's it's very fun, all of us getting together to uh, to get to talk like this, and uh, I think our listeners enjoy it very much and get a lot of value out of it, out of it as well. Uh, Rick Stevens, Patrick Williams, Happy New Year to both of you, um, and uh, we'll see you in 2023. Happy New Year. A very big thank you once again to Rick Stevens and Patrick Williams for joining me on this week's AHL Hot Stove edition. Always a fun segment. And of course, we could not let, we couldn't say goodbye to 2022 without having all three of us reunited for the Hot Stove segment. Uh, Always fun when the three of us are together. Lots of great information, insight, analysis, uh, and just so much fun hockey to talk about. And uh, look forward to seeing what 2023 is going to bring in the AHL Hot Stove segment. Once again, thank you so much to all of you for uh, for listening, uh, for joining us uh, on this. You know, everybody kind of considers this week between Christmas and New Year's a bit of a holiday week. So if you spent uh, an hour of your holiday week with us, then we certainly appreciate that. And uh, we wish you a very happy and a very safe New Year's celebration this weekend. And we'll see you in 2023. That's right. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, be sure to come back next Tuesday in 2023 for another great episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.